Man, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, that, man, that was crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Here, here's the next customer. Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Where you come from? I'm just down the street. Good, man. Can I grab your ID from you? Uh, yeah, sure. Perfect, thank you. you anything to drink tonight? Uh, no, not right now. Nothing? No. Nope. No pre-drinking? No. Nope. Nothing to eat? No. Nope. You weren't eating anything? I mean, I, had a, I grabbed a bite earlier. What'd you have? I had a burger. How long ago was that? An hour ago. An hour ago. Nothing to drink? No. Alright, man. Have a good night. Go on in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old are you? Uh, 18, 19. Ah, interesting. Get out of here. <laughs> and welcome, everybody, to the Bouncerpedia podcast. This is Mandy. And Jeff. And we are going to talk about another topic today. Yes. So, with that being said, you know, last time we talked about the differences between being a bouncer and security, mm -hmm. right? I think we broke that down a little bit, kind of explored what the different things are, what goes into it. Um, I think this time we're going to talk about is um, training. For sure. So we talk about security guards and the training that they get, but I think there's a bunch of different types of training that mm -hmm. they need for different, different roles that, yeah. that they might be doing. Um, so one that I think is important that obviously one everyone should get no matter where where you work is uh, first aid training. Yep, for sure. So, so you've been around a long time uh, working. Uh, have you already used first aid? Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, you never know like what you need to know. So that, or what is going to happen? No. Yeah, every day could be different. And no matter what security you do, you're probably going to need it at some point. Yeah. Whether that's at a mall, a business, nightclub, eventually, somewhere in your life, you will need first aid training. Like it, I does, think so. it doesn't even have to be while working. No. You you will need first aid training at some point. I think the goal for like the St. John's Ambulance is to have at least one person each household trained in first yeah. aid. Because it's something that you, you, it's good to have you could save somebody's life. For sure, you save your own life. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, I know for me there's been a lot of incidences where I was the go-to person to do first aid yeah. in nightclubs. Um, so, getting that training, like, you you go through the training and you're just like, yeah, this is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, when I first started um, being a security guard, I didn't really know what I was getting into. But they're like, yeah, go get your first aid. You go through the course, it's kind of funny, because they're telling you to sing song, or you're doing, like, CPR, yeah. and you're like, okay, like, singing Staying Alive while you're doing CPR. was an interesting and funny well, thing. definitely did not teach me that. Yeah, because they say, like, that's the, that's the, the rhythm. pace, the rhythm yeah. that you need to be doing it, so the heart goes back into the right rhythm, just to restart it. And I was like, okay, so, but when you're... In that situation, when something actually has happened, someone's heart stopped mm -hmm. or can't breathe or choking on something, that's when like that training, like all of a sudden, you're like oh, okay, I see how it applies now. Yep. Right. So I know, for me, one time uh, there was like a big when EDM was the biggest thing. Yeah. A lot of people started taking like Molly. Yeah. Um, so I know the one night I was, I was kind of the floating team but then also helping with first aid mm -hmm. and in that night I had five people show up all of a sudden yeah I think we talked about this not long ago where you had like five people lined up just ODing and basically all you could do at the time was just hydrate them 
Yeah. And wait for more ambulances to show up. Yeah, make sure nobody like swallows their tongue, yeah. make sure they're still talking. Um, and you kind of like have to quickly triage them as if they're going to the hospital. Yeah. Like, okay, what's wrong with you? What do you do? What's wrong with you? Right? So I think getting that training actually makes you a better security guard. I agree 100%. Because it's kind of, it, you really are like a first responder. Like you're not like you're not the ambulance or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you really are the first person before the next person shows up. It's mm-hmm. either like the fire department yeah. shows up, an ambulance or a police officer, before they start doing first aid, CPR, helping as well. Yeah. Right. I think first aid is the one course that you should take before becoming a guard. I think that's what you need versus. The security course we talked about last, uh, last last episode. To me, that one's useless. Yeah. And but I agree with first aid. I think that one is irreplaceable, and everyone should have it. Yeah. So. I, yeah, like like I said as well. Like you, you can use it in everyday life. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. There's been times where like I've had to use it, and I'm not working. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you have to. Um, even if something happens to yourself, you know how to take care of it so properly mm-hmm. help you so you can get to the hospital. Yeah, is that you come up against a car accident, you're able to help someone, someone yeah. just walking wherever, maybe slip, fell, you know how to stabilize an ankle, a knee, a wrist, anything like that. Yeah. If, if you're out walking, you do the same thing. Like you said, you're able to help yourself as much as you are able to help others. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then obviously the other one is the security guard license. Yeah, which I said last time I think it's stupid and useless. Yeah, but like, but it is good for if you're a site security, if you're, I think the real point of that course is if you're, if you're somewhere and you're alone, what you should do. With that, you should learn on your on-site training. Yeah, for sure. Like you definitely will have mm-hmm. your own company stuff as well. I don't think that should be forced on everyone for thirty hours. No, like that that is a little bit excessive. But I mean, like knowing that, like if you're alone, obviously don't engage someone that's trying to break into cars. Mm-hmm. They might have a weapon, this and that, right? So I know just trying to keep yourself safe. Yeah. So I get that little part. The the rest of it, that obviously doesn't apply to everyone or every situation. There's more generalized to observe, report, call police. Yeah. Right. So, which leads me to one that's probably a little bit more useful for everybody, as well as more bar security, mm-hmm. which is use of force training. For sure. So, uh, have you done use of force training? I have. Okay. I've done a couple different ones. Okay, what's it about? Um, good question. It has been several years since I've done one, but it is more of a, in my mind, ones that I took were more of a self-defense it wasn't how to necessarily fight someone and beat someone up it was how to control them so that you don't get hurt they can't hurt anyone else and they can't hurt you specifically so it was more of the some de-escalation some hand-to-hand and some restraints okay so like when when would you use that type of stuff Uh, most of that was in the bar Uh, when you're talking to someone you notice they're getting a bit aggressive, so you're going to try and de-escalate. All of a sudden they start getting physical, you know what to do when they shove you, they put their hands on you, what to do when they grab an arm, and then what you need to do after to follow up. So after they grab your arm, what do you do to counter when grab their wrist, grab their elbow, 
wrap this around here, do this, press here, and kind of keep yourself safe. Okay. I know, like, for myself, um, with use of force training, you, you learn how to do locks. Yep. Um, I think rather than having to strike somebody, which not always is even effective, it's better to be able to restrain them, For sure. put them in the lock, yep. so at least you're... To control them so they're not able to keep swinging and keep fighting. 100%. So that when you do that, um, you have a little more control over them mm -hmm. as well. Right? You can get them, you put them in the lock, you can calm them down, um, and I think that's probably the most useful training that you can get I to be able to calm somebody down. Yep. Um, so with that being said, also is is it's easier to maneuver somebody as well, okay. especially if you're alone with somebody, even if they're bigger or smaller than you. Putting someone into a lock, mm -hmm. a restraint, is able to calm them down, take the fight out of them, yeah. so that you necessarily don't have to keep fighting. For sure, and there is there is that time when like you do it, and they obviously don't know what you're doing, because mm -hmm. it, it, sometimes they do hurt. Yep. The locks do hurt, but it's to... Part of the point is to make it hurt so that they don't want to keep fighting. Yeah. If it was all fun and games and hugs and tickles, <laughs> people would still keep fighting. <coughs> this is true. So you do want to take that fight out of them. You do want to cause them a little bit of pain compliance. Okay. So... Yeah, you know, me bending your wrist, yes, that's going to hurt. I'm not breaking your wrist, but it's forcing you to walk because you don't want it to keep hurting. Your your elbow bent up is forcing you to walk, and it's making sure you can't turn around and swing. So doing these pain compliance things are to stop you from trying to do these because you realize that that little bit of pressure I can now put on your wrist is going to hurt a lot more than you trying to turn around and take a swing at me. Sure. So, okay, so with that being said, obviously we do it to stop somebody from harming us or mm -hmm. somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think it's, obviously you're still like putting your hand on somebody. Yep. So, so at the end of the day, does that make sense that, like obviously is, is something that's legal? Is it allowed to do that? Yeah. You're able to use as much force as as you feel necessary at the time to eject someone. Okay. So, um, so I was, I was reading this one article, and it says that there are common uh, misconceptions uh, that bouncers have the authority to pick up someone and physically remove them from the premise for violating the club rule, right? So that obviously, people do believe that bouncers can do whatever. Or is that a misconception? It is a misconception because bouncers under the Trespass Property Act are able to remove someone and use as much force as, as they feel necessary. So as long as they can justify the use of force, yeah. they can put their hands on you. Yeah. Like, like you said, we can't just walk up and punch you and drag you out, but if we can show that we have asked you several times to leave, we have tried to walk with you out, and you all of a sudden put up a fight, we are allowed to put our hands on you, and if need be, literally pick you up and walk you out. Yeah. We are able to wrap you up. We are able to put our hands on you. 100%. So, what this article was saying is that 
So some believe that people obviously mm -hmm. bouncers that can physically abuse you. That's obviously not true. But uh, some believe that bouncers can use pressure points, um, pain compliance hold, joint manipulation, full Nelson choke hold, wrist locks and arm bars to uh, manhandle their patrons. Obviously, that stuff. Some of those are true. Some aren't. Yeah, so those things generally aren't true. Like you, we can't. You don't do them for no reason. Yeah, I'm not gonna walk up to someone, put them in a full Nelson, because they, I don't know, they jumped on a table. Yeah. I'm gonna get them down, talk to them, have them walk out. Yeah. Now, if they're in the middle of a fight, actively fighting, I might do it. I might do it to wrap their arms up. Um, I might do the same thing with the pressure point where. If we're walking out and they keep stopping, they're flinching, they're flailing, I will get a control of their arm or something and walk them out with a pressure point. Yeah. I'll walk them out with a wrist lock if they're fighting. Yeah. I am, but I will not just walk up and do all this stuff almost out of nowhere because they're drunk or something. For sure. I think the only time I've ever had to is when someone is fighting, um, yeah. being combative or just being violent towards other people. That's the only time I put somebody in a lock and like that's <clears throat> No, there are times when they're stalling, they're actively being um, uh, passive aggressive with it. Yeah. Um, then yes, you will. You you might get put in a hold of some sort and walked out. Yeah. So I get that for sure. Um, so like obviously like so simply stated. Bouncers cannot legally use uh, use of use force against the patron being escorted unless they are um, taking someone into custody for a crime or in self defense. So when force is used, it must be a reason must be reasonable depending on the circumstance. Mm -hmm. So ordinarily, um, that means that no tackling, no punching, no kicking, no choking, no butt heads, uh, no headbutts, mm -hmm. um, no piling on top, no hog ties, no pain compliance holds unless unless necessary for self-defense yes right so all of those things like we shouldn't be doing them but we can like as you're saying mm -hmm. if we are defending ourselves if you're defending defending yourself or defending someone else and you you can justify why you've done it yes like you can't justify very few reasons how you can justify headbutting someone that is like they've literally two of their friends have your arms and you're headbutting them because you are unable, that is your way of defending yourself. Yeah. Um, choking, yeah, that's a hard one to justify. Sure. Uh, kicking, same thing. Unless you're on the ground and being kicked yourself, you probably, there's no need to kick somebody. Yeah. Um, so, it's true. You have to be able to justify why you've done it. And yeah, you might go to court and have to justify it. But if you are able to justify it, there are times when, yeah, stuff is necessary. I agree. So, with that being said, that means the authority of a bouncer, in most cases, um, is the same as any ordinary citizen. So bouncers have no special authority to physically eject a customer who merely becomes intoxicated or verbally obnoxious. As an employee of a nightclub, bouncers only demand that the undesirable customer leave. If the customer refuses to leave, your only legal recourse in most cases is to call the police. No, that is 100% wrong. Correct. I, I don't believe that, but that's what this article was saying. Um, Whoever wrote this article is an idiot. 
And I hope they choke on their like banana muffin or whatever the fuck they, they <laughs> eat while they do this. Yeah. So de- definitely, you know, it, we are um, allowed as agents of the property mm-hmm. to eject anyone with the force necessary. Yep. Right. So I definitely get that part. There is there is time when people obviously overdo it. Hundred percent. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why do people overdo it? Anger management. Yeah. Hundred percent. Comes down that they they're unable to control their emotions. It gets the best of them, and they explode out. This is true. So I, I know I've seen some some bouncers before that have gone too far, but really. For any real reason, no. They were just having a bad day. Yeah. And just kind of took it too far. Yeah. Obviously, those things are not okay, uh, not appropriate to do, but... I- <coughs> no, but there are some who, especially back in the day, took... They looked forward to it. They used that as their excuse to get their anger and aggression out. And they would come in looking for a fight and try and start that fight. Sure. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think a lot of people have toned down and I don't see that being a huge problem as it was back in the day. No, I don't think so either. I know I know now like you, you really see people using their words a little bit more. I think also though is newer people getting into security a little bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like if someone calls you a name they freak out a little bit. Um, they, they definitely weren't picked on as kids and haven't heard all the names in the book. You know, like someone says that you have small shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, but some people take uh, that to hey, heart. There are some things that people hold sacred. And I guess when you've been lied to all your life about having big, wide shoulders and you get hit in the face with... The truth that you have small shoulders, Jacob, it just, it hurts a little more than normal. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, basically, yeah, but, but those types of things, you know, like, if someone said them to me, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's, there's nothing anyone can say to me that bothers me. No. Like, I, I, yeah, it's just a kind of in one ear at the other. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, like I said, like, because people lack that training of of kind of being in those real life situations, things do escalate. They do, but no matter not no matter what, but the majority of the time you should still be able to control your emotions and not have this outburst. And I think that if you work with a good enough team to they should be able to recognize that okay, this person is getting nowhere, they are getting riled up, I need to step and take over. Have them step out, step off to the side, relax, stop dealing with it, and switch everything out should help and take care of most of the problems. For sure. You know, I think what type of training is really needed in the world is communication. 100%. So that's something that you you don't you don't know what you need to say to somebody in the time. Obviously, you gain it over experience. Mm-hmm. You listen to somebody else do it. Yeah. But I know in my time, just listening to the guys that were older, of what they do. How what, they said it, what they said. Yeah. And what ways they said it. 
For sure, it makes a big difference. Like you're kind of messing with the person's mind to confuse them, just using your words, mm -hmm. and then they kind of like, like, oh, okay, and leave, and then they, yeah. maybe after, five minutes later, they'll realize like, wait, like what you said didn't make sense, yeah. and then they come back, but like, a lot of times they'll be like, oh, okay, and leave. So, with that being said, that's probably training that you've given to people on your own, like on, on the go so, training. Yeah, you're trying to say like, all right, this is what works for me. This is how I say it. This is what I do. Yeah. And you, you kind of figure out, you bring that and figure out what works for you and how to say it. Yeah. But it's basically the same thing of, you know, it's time to go and this is, this is why. And then you can lie to them, make them figure it out. I don't know. It's just one of those things that's got to be in the moment to figure out. There's no set. This is what you say. This is what they say. You say this. They say this. It's true. I know for me, I had a couple of tricks of communicating with people. I I would say it's too loud. I can't hear yep. you. I've done that. So one. come outside yep. for a second, and once you get them outside, like, oh, you're done. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Bishop, when I worked at Elements, would go up to people and say Batmobile. And they go what? Batmobile. What are you talking about? Batmobile's outside. Wanna go see it? And they come in and go, okay. And then walk outside and they go, where is it? And you're, you're up for the night, bud. And he'd walk back inside. <laughs> but just by saying Batmobile to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, different different scenarios, different things. There are times when me and Craig kicked people out of Rev and they were sleeping. We did it without saying words. Yeah. We just make hands signals of like put your hands together as a pillow and lay on them and then you wag a finger at them <laughs> like when you point to the door like there's, there's so many different ways to do it yeah another good line that I had is so if I didn't use that I need to talk to you outside I would say the manager needs to talk to you outside yeah then they would come outside like where's the manager like actually I'm the manager and I need you to stay yeah. outside <laughs> yeah that was a good one right so I, I like that one so then they're like, oh, okay, and then like you tell them why, if you're you're sleeping, you're drunk, blah, blah, yeah, blah. for whatever whatever reason that it is, and that that way you never had to touch them, yeah, because they walked out on their own. Um, so I think I think that those those types of that type of training is really important to actually get like the communication skills. I think that's one thing as being a bouncer you learn really quick is that just being able to talk to somebody to be very quick-witted and talk to someone for sure yeah it's the quick wit like they say something you have to say something yeah. back right away yeah. and you can't sit there with a blank look on your face going um well mm, mm. okay well, oh yeah because this yeah you gotta bump 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 fire it back quicker than they can process what's going on this is true and then if it the, and the way if the way you say things, as long as you say it with confidence, they'll kind of believe you. Yeah. Like like oh like we're about to shut down, you need to go. Yep. And it, then it can like, be ten o'clock at night. They're like all right, my boss, you've had enough to drink tonight. We're gonna go. Oh, I just got here, buddy. It's almost two. We're closing in five minutes. Like. Yeah. We gotta we gotta shut her down. Yeah. Yeah. And you say it with confidence. You do anything with confidence these days. Like. You're you're bound to be fine. Yeah. Another one I, they used to say is, oh, your friend's outside. You told me to come find you. Yeah. And like, why is my friend outside? I was like, oh, he got kicked out. And you bring them out. Like, where's my friend? I was like, I don't know who your friend is. <laughs> yeah. So it was always like saying something to them in the moment so that it confuses them. And then yeah. they come outside and then you obviously can't let them back in. For sure. So that type of training, 
you, you can't get until you're actually doing the job. Exactly. And you're, you're going to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. And like, o- over my time, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've learned like different things that they'll say, things that they would do. Sometimes it works. Sometimes obviously yeah. it wouldn't. Um, so it was very interesting. Like, some people have the intimidating look, just kind of stare. It's like point, like you yeah. need to go. And then, and then you get the small girls who can talk any guy out, no matter how mad he is. Yeah. Just by saying, I need, I need you to go. Like, fuck, alright. This place is dumb anyways, and they'll talk their stuff, but these two little girls are gonna walk any guy out with, with zero problems. Yeah. Very rarely do they ever have to do anything. Yeah. So, it, from your time as well, right? So, you have first aid training, you have use of force training, mm-hmm. and then obviously communication skills is something that you get on the job. Even if you're like someone who's really bad at communicating, you kind of figure it out. For sure, it is a sink or swim yeah. kind of thing, where you're either going to start figuring out and figure out what works, or you're you're not going to keep doing it because you're going to get punched in the face a lot, probably. Hundred percent. Is there any other training that you think should be mandatory? Mandatory? That like ever should have. It's really really good to have. I think it's beneficial to have something like um, jujitsu, where you learn a bunch of different locks and holds and restraints and how to defend yourself. Oh yeah. But I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, it's beneficial. Okay. Um, even something like boxing, I think, is beneficial. Um, not necessarily to throw the punches, but how to read people and how they're going to throw a punch how most people have the tells on what they're going to do, and then even the head and foot, footwork to dodge the punches. Yeah, that's actually really huge as well, to be able to, to be a little bit more agile. Yeah. So, like, that's important. I know, like, for myself, I did martial arts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a black belt in Taekwondo, but that was a good way to be able to just move out of the way if someone was to try to strike me and move, and move out of the way before yeah. I hit that's why I only have a few stories of someone actually hitting me because I knew already how to get out of the way and avoid it. Yeah. Um, so that that part is, I think, important. I think if anything else um, that somebody could do to, to coming into security that they should probably learn hmm, would be... I don't know. I think communication is probably the biggest thing. Hundred percent. Don't ever have to really touch things. If you can talk people, there's there's no need to to fight with them and force them out. No. Oh, you know what? Actually, a good thing is is if someone people coming in, if they learned how to show confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can try and show someone how to be confident, but it is one hundred percent up to them to be able to project the confidence. That's what I mean. So like. The way you talk to somebody, you show how confident you are. Yep. And then if, so that's something that you need to know. Because I know there's some people, like, you, they try to kick somebody out, they have their hands in their pocket. Yeah, their pockets, they're looking down, they're yeah. looking at their partner to see what they're supposed to be doing, and it doesn't always work, for sure. And then, like, but people know, they know that you're not the confident one, and then yeah. it, if a fight was to happen, or altercation, shouldn't they come after you? Yeah. Right? It's just kind of like, giving off that aura of, like, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, that big dick energy. Yeah. And that's something, obviously, there's no way to train that, but I'm sure just 
building I, I up your that, own confidence. Yeah, that comes with your own confidence and um, being able to repeat it a se- several times. Yeah. Like it, it becomes not worrisome. You've done it a million times. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's just another ejection, whatever. Yeah, like, not gonna lie, when I first started, I never wanted to kick somebody out. Yep. Because I didn't want to have to go and approach somebody. Oh, no. and I was like, I didn't know what to say. What happens if they say this? At what point do I go hands on? What point do I do this? What What if they do this? Like, uh, then, like you said before, it's just it comes with doing it multiple times. Yeah. You have to jump in and just do it. That's for sure. Practice makes perfect for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like even the first time you had to give first aid to someone, I'm sure you were nervous. Yeah. Then you kind of just quickly figure it yep. out. You figure it out. Your training comes back. You do it. And you, you, after you've wrapped one ankle and one one hand that has glass in it, one foot that has glass in it, it's all the same. Pretty much. Yeah. So is there any advice you would give to somebody starting out? Like, like we said, be confident. Um, yeah. Fake it till you make it, almost. Hundred yeah. percent. I know. I think that's what I did too. Like I pretended like I knew what yeah. I was doing. When like inside, I was probably like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, for sure. Yeah, like for I sure. remember my first day. I was like, I think I was, I was the very, very first shift. I was like on the ticket door. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. But then like when you're there, fights are happening at coach hat. Yeah. People are getting injected in front of you and being dragged people, out. People are coming up and I didn't get a ticket. Like. Well, you're supposed to get one there. Well, I'm VIP. I didn't get one. I don't need one. I know Bubba. I know this, that. Yeah. So it seems like that. That's that's definitely when you like. Oh, okay. Like you kind of figure it out then. Yeah. It's either yeah, you're right. Like you either sink or swim, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Well, you know what? I think that's uh, everything I got for this topic. I think I'm good too. I think we figured that one out. Perfect. All right. So with that being said, thank you again for being my co-host. Thank you for being my co-host. Anytime. Always a pleasure. And thank you guys for listening and tuning in. So with that being said, we're going to be out for this week and uh, tune in next time. Have a good night, guys.